0: As always, thank you for getting us started here this morning with some uplifting music. Uh, We at First Church would like to thank, uh, welcome those uh, guests, visitors, and those listening on the radio this morning. We hope that you find our worship service inspirational and a blessing to you. We'd like to thank Holly Smith and welcome her, her here this morning as we get to enjoy her musical talents. So as she leads us in worshiping the Lord, be sure to mob her afterwards and thank her for coming today. Uh, Roses on the altar are for Gary and Emily Wiedemann, who will be celebrating 57 years of marriage tomorrow, and for Robert and Sandy Deerhake, who will be uh, celebrating 60 years on Thursday. Congratulations to both of you guys, both couples. (laughs) Pastor Trent John will be ordained by the Christian and Missionary Alliance on Sunday, September 1st, at 1030 service at Faith Alliance Church in New Bremen. There are cards in the, at the info center in the sanctuary in the back. Uh, please take a minute sometime here, good time to be after service, to wish him well and congratulate him on that. As many of you know, Trent was very involved growing up here in the church and is a youth pastor from 2006 until 2010 and had an impact on many, many youth probably in our church. Um, so uh, wish him well and, and pray for Trent as he continues his ministry and his growth. There at our neighboring church uh, following the service today, there is a Sunday school teachers meeting to talk about the coming year. This is for all teachers, helpers and substitutes. Backyard Bible study with Tori for junior and senior high is at Tori's house tonight at 630 until eight. Bring a chair, your Bible and a whole bunch of friends. Tomorrow night there is a parent and student meeting at 6:30 for seventh grade uh, students starting confirmation this year. Uh, on a sad note, uh, James Jowart passed away on Thursday, August 22nd. Arrangements have not yet been finalized. Uh, there's a few other items to note in the bulletin as Pastor Joel comes forward uh, to share another item with us. Good morning. Next
1: Sunday, September 1st, uh, our former pastor, David Williams, will be with us in worship. Uh, he is going to be here as our guest organist. Uh, so we're excited to have him, and, and I hope that we all can... Give him a nice warm welcome back into the New Knoxville community. Uh, that evening uh, at 5 p.m. in the ministry center, we'd like to just hold an informal, just time of fellowship and reception with him. Uh, so we invite you all, if you're able, to come back that evening at 5 p.m. in the ministry center uh, for a carry-in dinner. Uh, that first hour from 5 to 6 will be just the time of fellowship and and catching up with Dave and and of course the rest of us as we enjoy that time. And dinner will be served around 6 o'clock. So if you're able to come, that'll be a great opportunity. Opportunity to, to catch up with Pastor Dave to welcome him and to share share a meal together. Uh, so uh, they said, Pastor Dave will be here at five. Dinner will be served around six. And if you're able to come, please bring a dish to share uh, with everyone. Uh, if you have any questions about that, uh, please contact me or Eric and Jana Hirschfeld for more
0: information. Thank you. And would you please rise and join me in the call to worship this morning, which is taken from Psalm 33. Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise Him. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to Him on the ten-string lyre. Sing to Him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. The Lord foils the plans of the nations. He thwarts the purposes of the peoples. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of His heart through all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people who chose for his inheritance from heaven. The Lord looks down and sees all mankind from his dwelling place. He watches all who live on earth. He who forms the hearts of all who considers everything they do. No king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse's vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear Him, on those whose hope is in its unfailing love, to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In Him our hearts rejoice. For we trust in His holy name. May Your unfailing love be with us, Lord even as we put our hope in You. Now let us sing hymn 52, O God, Our Help in Ages Past. And we're going to sing the marked verses in the hymn. We'll have children chat, so will the children come up, please greet those around you.
2: My goodness, school must have been rough this week. Huh? Where's everybody else at? In bed yet? Could be. When you do sports or if you ride your bike, do you wear protective equipment? Do you wear something to protect yourself? Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. What do you, what do you wear? You wear a helmet. Evan, when you play soccer, what do you wear? Shin, guard. Shin guards. Football players wear what? And helmet and a whole bunch of other stuff. Volleyball players wear what? Knee pads. What do baseball players wear? What does the catcher wear? How he gets down there and back up again totally amazes me. He wears something so the ball doesn't hit him in the chest, right? Yes, chest pad. Even the umpire wears one of those. Yeah, he didn't trust that ball anymore, more, does he? Well, you know, you have armor you can put on every day. Did you know that? We all have armor. We have two pictures up here, and it shows kids in armor. And we're going to talk about that armor. And you listen today when Pastor Joel talks about it, too, because we have an enemy we have to protect ourselves against. And who's that enemy? The devil's our enemy. And he wants us to do things that God doesn't want us to do. He does not like people who love God. So he wants to really help us mess things up and do those things God doesn't want us to do. So to protect ourselves from this enemy, we have to put it on armor. And we put that on every day by praying. And reading the Bible and worshiping. Now, if you're going to put armor on, look at the photographs here. I they put on were... My I put on my helmet. You put on your helmet. Well, like just like riding your scooter, you need to put this on every day before you go in the world. Do they have a belt on? Do these pictures have a belt? Do they have a belt on them? They do. Is that... You know that belt does more than hold their pants up? That belt is the belt of truth so that only the truth comes in our minds and it helps us remember to be truthful and to remember all the true things we know about God. Now, is he running around barefoot? Are our soldiers in the pictures running around barefoot? No. They've got their feet ready to go wherever God leads them and that they will be safe and peaceful. So we have a truth of belt. Our feet are ready. The breastplate of righteousness. Do they have some something to protect their heart? Hmm? They do. That's so our heart stays clean. And we could protect our heart by confessing to God and saying sorry for things that we've done wrong. So we can keep that breastplate of righteousness on. By letting God know that, yes, we are sorry for what we've done wrong. What else do our soldiers have on? Huh? What else do they have on? A helmet. The helmet of salvation. Now, that's to protect our our minds and our heads from bad thoughts. And we need to remember that as God's children, that he loves us and he will help us. And we need to remember what we've read in the Bible and what we've learned from our parents and church about God. And this helmet will help us make the right decisions. Okay. He's got something else he's holding in his hand. A sword. Well, he's got a sword. What else does he have? Shield. A shield. And what can that shield do? What would you use the shield for, Devin? A block block swords. Block swords. Block people. Be great against snowballs, wouldn't it? Hold that up there. Protect yourself. A shield of faith is believing that Jesus will do what he says and that he will protect us, just like that shield does, from the bad things the enemy does. Now, Jojo, we'll talk about the sword. Now, every child I know picks up sticks and plays like swords, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why, but they do. And a sword of the Spirit. That's what this is, a special sword. It's a sword of the Spirit. And to have that sword of the Spirit, we need to be in our Bibles every day so we can gain knowledge on how to use all the other pieces of the armor. It's like having a Spirit of God working in us so that we can separate all the bad things away from us and keep them away. And it helps make everything work together so the devil can never win. So God is always number one in our lives. And do you know what holds all this armor together? Prayer. Prayer holds all of our armor together. By talking to God, we can do amazing things. Nothing is too big or impossible with prayer because God can do anything that he wants to. But that doesn't mean he always answers the way we do. Because sometimes he'll say no, and sometimes he'll say wait, because he does know the best. So when you put your armor of God on every day, it will work as long as you keep Jesus inside your heart. Let us say a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for these children, and we thank you for the armor of God. Help us all remember to put that on in the morning and know what we need to do to continue to use it to protect us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There's other papers. You can keep it. There's other papers down there if you want.
3: Killed in the last week in Afghanistan, Master Sergeant Jose J. Gonzalez, 35, from La Fuente, California. Master Sergeant Luis F. Delano Figueroa, 31, from Chicopee, Massachusetts. Lost in our service in Saudi Arabia. Specialist Clayton James Horn, 23, from Atlanta, Louisiana. Lost in Florida, Captain Traney LaShawn Turner, 29, from Wayne, Michigan in Arizona, Airman Cody Fryover 21 from Leesburg, Florida. And in Alaska, Sergeant Timothy Scott Woods II, 26 from Salem, Virginia.
1: Thank you, Jay. This time I'm invite uh, Sharon Colson forward. Last week, you got to hear her talk about uh, Operation Christmas Child and and what that ministry does and how it impacts a lot of people in uh, communities around the world. And this week, she's going to talk about how you, as a, in particular, can get involved in packing boxes and uh, and making an impact in this ministry. So, Sharon, thank you for being here, and take it away.
4: You're welcome. You're welcome. I do apologize to the radio listeners who were not able to hear my presentation last week due to the technical difficulties that there were, but if you would like to hear that presentation of why we pack shoeboxes for Samaritan's Purse, please feel, con- feel free to contact Connie at the church office and you can get a recording of that as well as what I'm going to tell you today. To pack a shoebox, it's very simple and I really don't know how I can make it much simpler for you. Okay, because the first thing you're going to do is to get a shoebox. And for your convenience, church has already provided 200 of these pre-made shoeboxes for you. You'll find those at the entrances. With each one, you will see the how to pack a shoebox brochure. You will need off of the back the label as to whether you're packing for a boy or for a girl and what age category. Now, you do not have to use one of our uh, shoe boxes that we provide for you. Feel free to pack your own. If you are using one of your own boxes and it has a lid, please wrap that separately. But you will remember need to remember to get the boy-girl label. Now, there are other options for shoe boxes, and I will not rule out any of these. Uh, any of these are acceptable and uh, God knows the uh, heart of the giver. Uh, we do find that boot boxes are packed, and one of the things that we learn as as processors at Operation Christmas Child is that the volunteers do not question the integrity of the box itself. There are items in the boxes. Say, that, for example, the boxes written as a two- to four-year-old girl. And it has a hammer in it, for example. Certainly not an age-appropriate item. However, many of the boxes do have items in that are intended for other family members. And a boot box is a good-sized box that if you do want to include other items, uh, that's perfectly acceptable. One of the things I put in here for demonstration is the fact that uh, Operation Christmas Child no longer processes boxes for infants, however, if there would be small infant items included, we know that that is intended um, you know for a family gift, not necessarily for the two to four year old for example if that 's what you're packing for. Some of the neatest things that I saw as as a processor were toolboxes and fishing tackle boxes. Something you would not typically think of. But if you think about a toolbox, you're adding to the livelihood of the family. And toolboxes or fishing tackle boxes are perfectly acceptable. Uh, The only tools really that cannot be included are knives, Saws and multi-tools that have the knife blade, and I'll get into those a little bit, a little bit further. As I said, um, God knows the heart of the giver, and what child would not be delighted if they received this as their shoebox? It's a little oversized, but it is acceptable. Okay, so just an idea of different types of boxes that are accepted. Uh, One of the things that was brought up to me this week is plastic boxes. Uh, Operation Christmas Child does have plastic shoe boxes that are available for packing. Uh, We have seen a lot of the plastic shoe boxes that you can get at dollar store or whatever type of thing. Keep in mind, those may not travel so well. Uh, We do find that the corners on those get broken. So if you are going to use a plastic shoe box, please pick one that is a little more durable and can withstand some breakage. The item you're going to pack in the very top of the box is going to be a wow item. That's going to be the item that the uh, it's the first thing that is seen when the child opens the box. And you would not believe if you if you look at some of the videos online the excitement that comes with the wow items. Uh, then you're going to continue to pack it with other items. I have on the tables in the heritage room uh, three different excuse me three different tables of samples. Uh, that are perfectly acceptable. You will also find listings here at the, Heri- at the uh, Info Center and uh, at the bulletin boards in both entrances. There are cards that you can take and, and look to see what are perfectly acceptable items. I believe Connie also put a link on the website. One of the neatest things that a child appreciates is a letter. Uh, letters have led to international adoptions. It's interesting for a child to see where their box comes from, that someone halfway across the world cared enough about them to pack a box. The other thing they really like is pictures, and I think somebody might recognize. This is Pastor Joel's Christmas picture from last year, so uh, pictures are very interesting. One of the favorite things that Ruth Graham, the wife of Reverend Billy Graham, liked having in the boxes is the little lambs especially musical, musical uh, toys. Any kind of a musical toy, such as a harmonica, uh, maracas, tambourines, any kind of musical items are also, also uh, very good items. As you're packing your box, I want you to think outside the box and think multi-purpose. These are simply Ziploc containers, but they're bowls they food storage containers. They can be sewing boxes, fishing boxes. They can be organizers. They can be crayon boxes, school supply boxes. Things that are multi-purpose are fantastic. As are bags. Bags can be uh, school bags. They can be carry bags. They can be diaper bags, cosmetic bags, grocery bags. So many different types of things bags can be used for. Another item that is very multi-purpose is material. This actually, I believe, is a tablecloth. It can be a tablecloth. It can be a blanket. It can be a sheet. It can be a rug. It can be material to sew with. Scarves are such a neat, versatile item because this scarf can be a baby blanket, it can be a toddler blanket, security blanket, it can be a counting tool, count how many little pom-poms are on the fringes. This is a simple, referred to as infinity scarf, but add a little elastic to this. You have an instant skirt And any type of scarf, such as this heavier one, is a blanket. It can be folded as a sit-upon. It can be so many different things. Okay, So think outside the box when you're packing. I want to tell you some of the things that can and cannot be put into boxes. I'm going to demonstrate with my little trash can here. Absolutely no chocolate. Food of any kind, any type of candy, absolutely not, okay? I do know that there is a website out there that has an older listing of items that were suggestion items from Samaritan's Purse, and the most common things that we pulled last year are items that were still on that list, which was candy and toothpaste, so be careful when you're buying the sample packs, the travel packs of the toothpaste and the toothbrush together. Toothpaste, no. Toothbrush, yes. Any kind of soaps, wash rags, towels, personal hygiene items like that, wonderful. Vitamins and prescriptions, absolutely not. Any type of liquid, absolutely not. Razors, absolutely not. Mirrors, <coughs> Mirrors are acceptable as long as they are completely enclosed in plastic or in a vinyl case such as a compact mirror. This is perfectly acceptable. As a processor, I would question this hand mirror, okay? Um, When in doubt, leave it out is, is a phrase that I've come up with. Absolutely no perfumes, no lotions, no sanitizers, no fingernail polish. A clarification on the listings that include lip gloss, lipstick, and gloss. This is a little tricky. If you look on the listings, it says that lipstick is acceptable. Lip balm is acceptable. However, lip gloss is not. Not sure if it has to do with the solids and the liquids, but when in doubt, just leave it out. Absolutely nothing more related. A toy like this, absolutely not. A toy like this, this is acceptable. This is a water squirt gun. As long as it does not look like a real gun, it will be accepted. And when you pack camo, I want to demonstrate the difference in the camos. Here I have two different hats. This one is a military type of camo. This will not be accepted under any condition. This hat is referred to as colored camo. It's more of a mossy oak type of brand camo that has the leaves. It has the trees. It's the hunting camo. This colored camo is acceptable. Again, no aerosols. Some of the best things are craft items for kids. I've got beads here. School supplies, and as I mentioned that last week, crayons, any type of school supplies except for glue. Glue is a liquid. It is not acceptable. A glue stick is acceptable. Absolutely no knives of any kind or multi-tools. A butter knife or a appetizer or d'oeuvre knife is acceptable. Again, you're looking at the point as is with scissors. Scissors are acceptable. I wouldn't have any problem at all with a small school type scissors or rounded edge scissors or the craft type of scissors. This is a pinking shears, it is acceptable. However, when in doubt, leave it out. I would consider this a weapon. Okay, this one is too big. No seeds of any kind but garden tools are perfectly fine. Again, you're increasing the livelihood of, of the family. A good item for older the older uh, kids, older groups are cooking utensils. Again, fishing gear. Thread, rope, clothespins, new clothing. Raincoat or rain poncho, umbrellas are acceptable. Balls are wonderful items. If you can deflate it and include the air pump, that is your best bet. Marbles are acceptable, however, not the glass. Now remember that I said last week, prayer goes ahead of every box. And you will pray for these boxes as you pack them. At the processing center, we stop two times a day. We completely shut down the line, do announcements in the morning, and pray over the boxes, and we're told the destinations of where they're going to go. Do the same thing again in the afternoon. Uh, I will not forget uh, that every box is a miracle. I remember opening a box and seeing a little dress in there. And I instantly felt in my heart that somewhere there's a village that there was going to be a wedding, and this little girl that was going to be the recipient of, it, of that dress was going to be the flower girl in that wedding. It just melted my heart. Now, on the shoe boxes, it does say, if you pick the, the uh ones that we provide for you that in the inside flap here, it says there are six steps to packing a shoe box. We're going to narrow it down to five for you because First Church is picking up the cost of shipping all of our shoe boxes. Uh, the Warner Fund is available as a mission fund, and it will, be packing, it will be paying for all of the shipping for the boxes, so you do not need to include the $9 donation. However, not to say that you still can't donate if you'd like to, okay? Uh, You can bring your your completed shoeboxes any time. I will be uh, in the Heritage Room before and after the services each Sunday, or you can drop them off and we will collect and store them. Uh, There is simply no reason as to why you cannot be involved in Operation Christmas Child this year because you can pack a shoebox that you already have, you can pick up one of ours. You can donate any items that are packable gifts, and there are collection bins in the Heritage Room. You can make a monetary donation. I do have specially marked Operation Christmas Child envelopes uh, on the stand in the Heritage Room, or you can donate uh, in your regular giving. It will be on your, on your giving statement for the year. Or you can pray. Um, thank you for your attention. And I hope that we have a very, very successful year with Operation Christmas Child this year.
1: Thank you, Sharon. And just to reiterate, uh, we don't have to wait till November to to get involved as you are doing your shopping and uh, picking up items for your family throughout the, throughout the fall. Think of how you can pick up some of these items, donate them here at the church, and they will get packed in boxes as well. So just want to encourage you all to, to stay involved. At this point, before we go to the Lord in prayer, let's stand and let's praise God together by singing the marked verses of hymn number 87, May Jesus Christ be praised. may be seated. Lord God, we do give you great praise through your son, Jesus Christ, who lived and died and lives again and and rules with you at the right hand and seated at the right hand and rules with you in your Holy Spirit forever and ever. Lord, it is that sure hope and that sure promise that we hold on to, especially as we face difficult times in our lives. Lord, we all carry burdens and struggles with us into this room this morning, some obvious and some not. And we ask, Lord, that Your kingdom would reign in our lives, that Your will would be done. Lord, whatever that problem may be, whether it's medical, whether it's financial, Whether it's something, Lord, hidden that that is not obvious to the rest of us. Lord, you know what is going on in our hearts and our minds and in our bodies. And and you know, Lord, what is best for us. And so we trust you and ask that you would provide according to your perfect will. We pray all these things in the name of Christ who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. I invite those who are helping with the offering to come forward at this time. Thank you.
5: Be seated. If you have your Bibles today, I encourage you to turn to the Book of Ephesians, chapter six, verses ten through twenty-four. Scripture. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit with the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray
1: that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Thank you, Adam. Let's pray together. Lord God, I thank you for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to stand here and share it once again this morning. I thank you for the message that you have in store for us, our, which is a reminder of our need to rely completely and fully on you and your grace as we encounter uh, whatever we may face, whatever challenges we face in this world. pray this thing, these things in Christ's name. Amen. As so we open up God's Word together today from Ephesians chapter 6, uh, this this passage is in a way kind of related and similar to ones that we discussed earlier this summer during this Tough Questions series, looking at uh, the enemy and the devil and the influence that he has in our lives and in this world. We talked about that uh, already once this summer, and this this sermon, in a sense, kind of builds off of that idea. So, Briefly, I want to I want to rehash, rehash some of the the ideas from there and then talk about the importance of the armor of God and why this passage is the focus of our sermon today. Notice here the the reason Paul writes these words in Ephesians six, the reason he gives us the command to stand firm and in the armor of God is because we need to stand. We need to take our stand against the devil's schemes. And so the armor of God is given to us so that we may stand up against the plans and purposes of the enemy. So the question naturally is, what is his plan and purpose? Well, in John 10.10, 10, we hear Jesus' words that tell us, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And I, Jesus, have come that they may have life and have it to the fullest. You see, if life is God's precious gift to us, both physical and spiritual life, then the enemy's plans is to is to... The enemy's purpose is to thwart God's plans in this world, which should mean the not only the, 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 the physical death, was the, which is the result of sin, but also the spiritual death of God's people. In First Peter 5, 8 and 9, Peter reminds his listeners, Be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. Because you know that the family of believers throughout the world was undergoing the same kind of sufferings. So the enemy seeks to to destroy us, to, to separate us from, from the life and the new life we have in God. But know here it says in Ephesians 6 that our fight is, is not against flesh and blood. Our fight is against the powers, the authorities. And so in other words, your enemy is not your boss. Your enemy is not your spouse or your kids or your neighbor or a politician, right? They're not the enemy. That person that you are struggling against, um, the, the struggles we experience and the difficult people we have to deal with, you know, are not necessarily, uh, how did I put this? Sorry. Mixed up the words in my mind there. The struggles we experience, the difficult people we have to deal with are not nece- are not Demonic in nature, right? It's not that person is a known and sworn um, ally of the enemy. That's not the case, right? But the enemy can use the distractions, use them as distractions and footholds in our own hearts and minds to distract us from what is really important. So in other words, the person at the center of that opposition, whatever struggle you have is, is just as much in desperate need of God's grace as you are. And God's love, God loves them just as much as he loves you. They just may not see it yet. And so as we go through life and experience hardship and difficulties and often maybe even face opposition from someone in our life because of our faith, know that that person standing in front of you is not the enemy. They are a child of God, just like you are in desperate need of God's grace and love and mercy. And I think if we can wrap our ha- minds around that idea, then that completely changes what the, what, how, we, how we view this passage and what it means to wear the armor of God and to struggle against the enemy in his schemes. Because there is an enemy. There is an enemy that, is, that desires to see us fail. Um, and, and sometimes we struggle with our own blind spots of our own and we need to ask God to help us see where we're in the wrong. And the enemy would like nothing more to take those distractions, take those footholds and, and drive a wedge between God's people and the communities that we live in. And so remember, our our fight is not against flesh and blood. It's against the powers and the authorities and the spiritual forces in this world. But it's also against our own sinful nature, right? We don't always have to look outside ourselves to identify the source of our problems, do we? We can't blame all of our problems and all of our difficulties on some enemy out there because sometimes the problems and the struggles we face come from within and our own struggle with sin and temptation, Right? Everything does happen for a reason. And sometimes the reason is we're dumb and we make bad decisions and we've got to deal with the consequences of those decisions, right? And it's not always anything. It's not always more than that. You see, because sin desires to rule over us. In Genesis 4, just one chapter after uh, the fall in the garden, we hear the Lord say to Cain, Why are you so angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you and you must rule over it. You see, we live in a fallen world, which means that sin has affected us to our very core. It's true for all people at all times. And so our struggle with sin is an internal struggle. One that we must stand in the Lord's power to fight against. That temptation to to turn away from the Lord and turn our back on Him is real for each and every one of us. And if that sin nature within us, if the enemy would have his way, then we we would allow that sin to enter in and rule over us. But God desires that we stand strong in Him. And that's what the armor of God is all about. Stand strong in His power and not in our own. There's passages like from Romans chapter 8 that describe that, that we are no longer bound, we are no longer slaves to the, the realm of the flesh, but we are in the realm of the Spirit. We no longer have to, have to live according to the flesh, according to our sinful desires. We can live according to the Spirit by God's grace and through God's help. See, Jesus faced temptation throughout his ministry as well, and it's important for us to remember that. And it wasn't just one moment in the wilderness, but it was throughout his ministry. He had, he constantly faced the temptation to serve himself rather than serve God. He faced the temptation to make it about the miracle rather than the miracle giver by, by putting on a show for others to see. And he faced the temptation... Uh, to attempt to achieve God's purposes apart from doing his will. We see that both in Matthew 4 and in the temptations in the wilderness, as well as Matthew 27. As Jesus hung on the cross, those same temptations were going through his mind. But Jesus stood strong in God's power, and, and in those moments he was able to stand strong because of his dependence and his reliance on God's grace and mercy and the Spirit's presence in his life and his ministry. And if so, if Jesus continued to be tempted throughout his life, then we will continue to experience temptation as well. We can't expect anything different for us. The idea that once a person gives their life to Christ and all their problems will disappear is, is a lie, right? It's, it's, a, it's a trick that we play on ourselves. And so if Jesus struggled with temptation, then so will I. And if Jesus needed to depend on his relationship with the Father through the presence of the Holy Spirit... And so do I. And that's what the armor of God is all about. And so that's our enemy. It's important for us to know that in order to take our stand. And so Paul here in Ephesians 6 says several times that we need to stand firm in the Lord, stand strong in his mighty power so that we may take our stand against the devil's schemes. This description that he gives in this chapter is meant to recall the imagery of a Roman soldier preparing for battle. A soldier who, who not only dons his armor but actively stands his ground and does his duty as needed. Right? And it's about being it's about it's it's an active rather than a passive stance. It's not just lean against the wall and wait for something to happen, but it's about standing strong, standing your ground and not being willing to give up an inch. And that not only goes for the individual, but it goes for the group as well. As well, all right, One of the greatest uh, uh, innovations in military warfare from the Roman army was this idea of the phalanx, right? This was uh, wartime for, for, for a long time was just, it was chaos. Soldiers running in all different directions. There was some sort of uh, uh, formations, but, but for the most part, it was, it was individuals fighting battles. And the tide would often shift back and forth. And the Roman army eventually developed what was known as the phalanx, which is the military formation where the soldiers would stand side by side, shields together, in order to stand ground, protecting not only yourself but the people to your right and to your left. And that's the kind of image I think Paul wants us to have here, not only as an individual soldier preparing for battle, but knowing that we are part of an army, a part of the family of God, a part of God's kingdom, and we have brothers and sisters in Christ that we need to rely on as well. And so we need to stand strong in our faith, but we also need to stand strong for each other. We need to stand, we, and we stand strongest when we stand together. So the repeated call in this passage and throughout Scripture is for us to stand strong in our faith and, and put on this armor of God. Carolyn did a wonderful job describing what these pieces of armor are, are meant to represent. And I want to I recap those for you briefly here as well. We have the belt of truth. The, truth, uh, the belt of truth is meant to represent the, the reliability of God's Word. And it's what holds all the armor and what they represent together. If you think about a Roman soldier, the breastplate, the shield, the sword were all dependent and were held together by the belt. If that belt was not there, if the truth was not there, then the other pieces would fall apart. And so we need to trust in and and believe in the reliability of God's word and the promises he makes in them. If we don't believe God's promises are true, then what good are they to us? Jesus Christ himself is the truth. He's the perfect representation of God's character. If we want to know what God is like and what his purposes are in this world, we have no further to look than the person in the ministry of Jesus Christ. You know, the breastplate of righteousness. The, the righteousness of God covering us and protecting us. Right? This isn't a righteousness that comes from us. It's not about me earning my place in God's family or part of his kingdom, but it's about Christ's righteousness Covering me and shining through me. Philippians 3, 7-11 through 11 describes Paul's, Paul's realization that it's not about us. It's not about what we've done, but it's about what Christ has done for us through his death and his resurrection. It covers us to such an extent that when God looks at me, he doesn't see my sin. He only sees Christ's perfect obedience and righteousness as if it were my own. There's the shoes of the gospel of peace, the willingness and readiness to share the gospel with others. Isaiah 52, 7 says, How beautiful in the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, Your God reigns. See, there's important, again, in the military imagery, there was an important part that was played in battle, and that was the messenger who would carry messages back and forth from the field of battle to the commanders who were on the sideline, or even the kings who were in their palaces at home and that person had to carry messages often over long distances in fact this is this tradition is where we get the idea of running a marathon the distance between marathon and athens was 26.2 miles and a messenger had to run from marathon to athens to deliver the news of victory and Tradition, you know, history says that as he arrived and delivered the message, he fell over dead from exhaustion, which is probably what would happen to me if I ran 26.2 miles as well. But this represents these, these shoes are meant to represent our willingness, our readiness to share that gospel, to bring that message to those who desperately need to hear it. We have the shield of faith. This goes along with the idea of truth and belief, but faith takes it a step further. It's, it's not just belief, but active trust in God's promises, especially when we are under the enemy's attack. And it's a shield that's meant to protect us as the enemy's attacks are coming in. You know, the enemy says to you, you're not loved, but God's word says you are a child of God. You're able to hold up your shield and defeat that attack. The enemy says you're not good enough, you're a miserable failure, but God's word says my grace is sufficient for you and my power is made perfect in your weakness. See, God's word, those promises are meant to protect us, especially in those moments when we feel the most vulnerable and most weak. The helmet of salvation, the knowledge that God has, that he is and he will save us in Christ, transforms how we think and how we live in this world. It gives us hope as we look forward to the future of God's kingdom being established in its fullness. Romans twelve one and 2 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, And perfect will. You see, how we think informs how we live and how we act. And so it's important for us to focus on uh, the reality of God's saving grace in Christ. As that becomes our focus, then we begin to live as God's saved and chosen people. The last item here in the list is the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Notice here, this is the only offensive weapon in this list. And it's not us who does the fighting, is it? It's the Lord. It's the, spirit working. it's the Spirit of God working through the Word of God because God's Word is powerful. Hebrews 4 says that the Word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. See, God's word is powerful. It's it's what Jesus depended on in the wilderness to defeat the temptations of the enemy. And it's what we need to depend on as well as we struggle against sin and against evil in this world. It's, it's God's word that will transform our hearts and it'll transform uh, our minds so that we can stand against the devil's schemes. And so we not only we need to know God's word and depend on it. When I was a youth pastor, we would often do, we played a game um, called, it was we called it sword drills. And it was about who can find certain passages in scripture, in, in the Bible the quickest. And so they'd hold their Bible above their head and you'd call out John 3.16 or, or Ephesians 6.10. And, and they'd have to real quick flip and find the passage. Of course, the pastor's kid always killed everyone in that game. Um, but but they ever, everyone else kind of put up a fight. But it it was kind of a fun, silly way, but it was meant to reinforce their need and dependence on God's Word and to be able to use God's Word, especially in times of need, to rely on it. And so how do we use the armor of God? How do we put it on? Carolyn highlighted for us the importance of prayer. This passage ends with an emphasis on prayer. I want to encourage you to think that prayer is all, It should always be integrated in everything we do. It's not just an afterthought. It isn't. Prayer is, is meant to be woven into every aspect of our lives. And Paul emphasizes this in the closing verses. He calls us to pray for in all occasions, with all kinds of prayers, to always keep on praying for all the Lord's people, and especially those who teach and preach. Prayer should be... Uh, you cannot... Me, you cannot fulfill this commandment to pray in this way on a part-time basis. It's meant to be an attitude of consistent and constant prayer. And there's two other th- two more things I want to highlight here for you. How do we how do we wear this armor of God? What does it mean for us to actually live it out and put it into practice? And that the key to that is found all the way back in verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 6. First, we need to depend fully on the Lord and not on ourselves. It says, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. You see, the key to avoiding temptation, the key to living a life of Christ-likeness and avoiding, uh, avoiding the, the schemes and the plans of the enemy is not by pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps, but it's about depending more and more each day on the Lord and His grace and His power. It's about living life in the Spirit and, and, and living uh, as, as people of the Word. You see, our, our ability to stand firm in the faith is not about the size of my faith or what I've done. It's about what, who Jesus is and what he did for me. We have the promise of 1 John 4, 4. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you, referencing the Holy Spirit, the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. And so we need to depend radically and completely on the Lord and we need to be intentional intentional about putting on the full armor of God. In verse 11, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand. You need to put it on and put on the full set. If a soldier did not prepare himself properly for battle, he risked his own life as well as the lives of his fellow soldiers. And so, just like an armor, who metic- or a, a soldier who meticulously prepares for battle, we too must live intentionally, making it a daily habit to remind ourselves of the truth of God's word, the righteousness that comes through faith in Christ, trusting in His promise of salvation, and sharing that hope with others. We need to learn to remind ourselves of these things because we are forgetful people. It doesn't take much to distract us, and before you know it, we lost sight of our purpose. And so it's a, it's, a, it's a daily commitment. It's an hourly commitment, and on some days it's a moment, moment-to-moment commitment to depend fully on the Lord and to, to trust in these things. And when we do that, it is through God's power and His might that He will allow us to stand firm in the faith. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank You that You have given us this sure promise and this hope. I pray that you would equip us all with with the armor of God that we talked about here, Lord, and and help us to depend completely and fully on you. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. In closing, let's stand and let's sing just the first verse of our closing hymn, number 477, Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus. Brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold fast to the teachings we passed on to you, whether by word of mouth or by letter. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us, and by his grace give us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Amen. You may go in peace.